to the Brand Rounds podcast. Many medical device leaders, you're not growing your revenue. You're burning cash on traditional product marketing and trade shows, and you're competing on pricing. The purpose of the Brand Rounds podcast is to interview best-selling authors, marketing professionals, brand experts, and leading surgeons to not only help surgeons attract more ideal patients and grow the business of healthcare, but to enable medical device companies to differentiate your marketing message and for sales distributors to begin gaining financial freedom. My guest today is Dr. Sonia Chopra. She's a board-certified endodontist. I'm going to talk to her about what is it like to build an established brand platform. Wait till you go to her website at soniachopradds.com. You're getting ready to see a masterful and confident brand differentiator in how she presents herself to her ideal patients. You're going to learn about how she was an early innovator in creating the e-school for endodontists and for dental professionals. You'll also learn about an incident as a child that led her to become a dentist, and then later to become an endodontist. So, Dr. Chopra, was there an incident or maybe even a person that shaped your future as an endodontist? Absolutely. Um, it all goes back to my own tooth story. Um, when I had my very own toothache when I was about 17 years old, I just graduated high school. Um, I had some dental anomalies that my mom was trying to take care of before I went to college, and I developed a really bad toothache. And every time I went to the dentist, my dentist really couldn't find what was wrong with me. I would say this whole episode took about maybe nine, ten months to really get to the end of it. Um, I was referred to an oral surgeon first to take out a tooth, and then that a, a tooth was removed, and I still had my toothache after the anesthesia wore off, and then I was referred to an endodontist. And I had no idea what an endodontist was. I was referred to one endodontist who um, we definitely didn't jive. And luckily, my town was big enough to have two endodontists. <laughs> and so, and what I, hometown was this? This is Binghamton, New York. So a very tiny oh, yeah. town in upstate New York. Um, there was only two endodontists. And then I went to the second one, who graciously took me into his practice and the way he treated me was like nothing else. Like throughout the saga, I had actually met over seven different doctors between dentists and neurologists and all that stuff. And this was the first moment that I felt like somebody cared about what I was experiencing. And the way that he educated me through the whole process and the way that he took care of me and showed me step by step um, it made me feel empowered as a patient. And it's, I knew from that moment that I wanted to emulate him from that point on. And so he not only saved me from my pain, he not only saved my tooth, but he, he really laid the groundwork for what I was going to be when I grew up. Yeah, see, that's a perfect segue. So we talked about how that person shaped your future as an endodontist. Now, I'd like you to tell me about a patient 
that may have just touched your heart or just took your staff and, and they just kind of embraced this patient. Tell me about a perspective or a patient that really has helped to change the way that you think about practicing endodontics. You know, I think um, compassionate care is something that my whole practice runs on. Um, there was one patient in particular, well, we'll just call her patient A. She was a 16-year-old girl, and she had come into my practice, um, if you can imagine, like a golf ball just sticking out of her chin. She was that swollen, and mm -hmm. it, it was it was out there, and she was so uncomfortable, and I could tell that um, affording a root canal was was what was keeping her from getting care. And that happens a lot. I mean, root canals, they're, they're not inexpensive. Um, and I had treatment planned her, presented her treatment plan to her parents, or actually I think it were her grandparents. And they took a look at the treatment plan and they were about, they just walked out. And I said to my team, I'm like, what happened? What happened to them? And they're like, well, they couldn't afford treatment, so they weren't going to stay. And I sent one of my girls down the hall to, to bring her back because I saw my own tooth story in her and I really couldn't let her um, carry on the way she was. She was sick and I, I did her treatment for free. Um, and I, as long as she did one promise for me, I said, please promise me that you come back for follow-ups. Those follow-ups are free, but just come back to me. If you had seen what her bone had looked like, it was completely eroded because this infection had been there for so long. And I thought that she could really help me really educate a lot of people because we could show the power of a root canal and how we could get your bone back. And I knew just by doing this one root canal, she could get her bone back. Now, at this current point, like if she had walked down the street and just simply like tripped on the sidewalk, she would have fractured her mandible. It was that bad. Um, but we did her treatment. We didn't charge her anything for it. And um, I was so happy that she connected with one of my assistants because she had actually moved um, to another house. So I lost her contact information, like the phone number didn't work anymore. But my assistant connected with her and they had made friends on Facebook. So Facebook came to the rescue and we reached out to her and she came back and we saw her follow up and she got all her bone back. So I mean, this really just taught me the importance of connection with your patient from an early, early part of my career. Um, and that's kind of what we do moving forward. You know, you really are treating humans with anxieties. And when you think about all the stereotypes and, and all the pun intended pain related around root canals, I think that's one of the interesting things about your specialty is just you have to have that ability like you do to be able to help patients kind of come to an understanding that you've been specially trained, you know how to do this, you're not only going to relieve them of their pain, but in many cases you're able to save the tooth. So I think that's great. And that's a perfect segue into the next question, which is what does being ridiculously caring mean to you? I think one of the best ways um, that you can be there for your patients is to be accessible and letting people know that you're there for them. 
um, doing my post-op calls is one of my favorite things to do because I get to reconnect with my patients. And that's pretty much, I would say, one of the biggest things that has helped me build my practice to where it is over the past 10 years. Um, I, I love my patients knowing that, hey, if you have a problem going into the weekend or after hours or whatever it is, you can always call the office and, and, and get me. Just leave a message in my emergency mailbox and I will call you back myself. And I think that says a lot to them and they don't feel alone. I recently had a medical procedure back in December and it was the opposite. You know, I really didn't know what I was supposed to expect for the next week after that procedure. And I'm fine now, but I was nervous because it took me a lot longer than normal um, to heal. But there was nobody for me to call. It's you have to log into that online portal. And I feel like all those those ways to connect with our patients, it's kind of being lost. And that's something that I have like vowed to myself that I will never lose with my patients. I always want them to know that I'm just a phone call away. And I, I love that access that I give to them. Yeah. One of the things that I notice about you on social channels is that you have just a great blend of, you know, being a person, treating humans with anxieties, but still establishing the authority that your expertise provides. And that's not always an easy balance to have, but you do a great job of that, just so you know, as, as far as my observation goes. And, you know, one of the things that I'm learning um, with providers like yourself is that ability for patients to be able to connect with you socially. And then when they see you in person, say, you know, Dr. Chopra, you're exactly who I thought you would be or who I hoped you would be. And so I bet you get a lot of patients that connect that. And so that's, a, that's certainly a credit to you. So my next question is, is how do you hope that your patients would describe what you do to other family members or to other friends with respect to your specific expertise? Well, I mean, I love it when people tell me that I'm, I'm the person who, if, if anyone can save it, she's the one mm. <laughs> with respect to their tooth. And I think that's what I hear a lot from my patients and a lot from even my colleagues in my community. Um, they send me those teeth that they're just, they're questioning if it can be saved or not. And so I really love having that reputation. Um, I also really love it when my patients turn to me and say, man, I wish, I wish you could do all my dentistry. Um, that really makes me feel good. And I've been told that quite a number of times and it always makes me, it reminds me that I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Now, this is going to be a two-part question. So part one is you've built this amazing brand platform. Truth be told, it's why I reached out to you. Besides your website being informative, when you think through the different channels, that could include social media. We can talk about how you've created this online learning platform. Would you speak a little bit about how you've built this brand platform and just give us some, some ideas as to what and how you've done. Yeah. I mean, it was really 
In the beginning, it was challenging for me, and I'm sure everybody else feels the same way. They don't know where to start. They feel like they don't really have the expertise to do anything outside of the dentistry. Um, but I have slowly like, and organically kind of learned every layer of it, and it's become a little bit of a passion of mine. And I would say the place that I started first was my website. My website is really where I wanted people to connect with me before they even met me. I wanted them to be able to understand who I am um, and get a little taste of that before they come to the practice. It's kind of like their way of being able to interview me without meeting me. Um, I used to have a just a very simple generic website, which you could tell like my voice didn't run through it at all. And I think that this is a really easy way for any professional to start because it allows you to tap into the voice that you really want to get out there. And because it's sheltered, you can be authentic. You can be uh, very vulnerable and just put your, um, your thoughts out there and what you really want your community to know. Um, I simply started with just telling my story because I found that that was the best way for my patients to relate to me. They didn't, there was no need for my patients to feel embarrassed about their mouth because they've had a lot of work done because so have I. Um, I've had almost every single dental procedure in my mouth done and it really, it softens things for patients and they're not so embarrassed and, and they love that about me. And I, they say that to me as well. Um, and so again, it's just, it's a way to introduce yourself before you actually meet somebody. Um, and that, that was like the baseline. And then it kind of grew from there. Then I started to, to think about, okay, what kind of things am I seeing that my patients are struggling with? And so I started to write some blogs and, um, even my colleagues, I started to reach out to them. So I had like two different audiences, my, my patients and my colleagues. Um, and so I started to write to them and I started to use all of this form of media as a way for myself to journal and maybe that's like just a heartfelt post in social media. Maybe it's a blog where I just wanted to get my thoughts on paper. But it all just kind of culminated into this big thing. And it keeps growing. And again, it grows at a very gradual pace. Um, now it looks a lot bigger. But again, I just started with a little small speck. And it's gone from there. You know, branding can be counterintuitive for healthcare professionals. So what advice would you give other providers about the importance and just getting started and the acceptance of how what you do and why you do really becomes your personal brand? Yeah, I, every person is unique. Everybody is their own individual. And it's important to share that with the world. Even in my own practice, we have three different doctors and there's almost like three different brands in my practice. And I encourage that. I don't want to be the, the brand that takes over. I want to share that and I want everyone to shine in their own way. And I feel like everybody out there has a unique ability and it's so important for everybody to share that. And that becomes your brand. There's nobody else who's like you and people are going to want to come to you because they connect with you. And so 
I know there's like a level of fear that goes along with this because I definitely went through it myself. Like imposter syndrome is a real thing. And I struggled with it for a few months, maybe even six months before I actually had the guts to launch anything. I probably talked to my cell phone. I can't tell you how many times and hit delete because I didn't enjoy the recording, but you get used to it. And um, it just, you just grow with it. And people like that. People like it when you mess up. People like it when, you know, you're not perfect. And so I encourage everyone to just kind of really look at those butterflies in your stomach and that little layer of fear as something that is, um, is there to help you and to be, it's, it's kind of there on purpose. So have a different relationship with it so that you can overcome that barrier and just put yourself out there and start small and just build on it. And if it's overwhelming to you, find somebody who can help you because there's so many people and so many companies that that's what they do. That's their, that's their expertise. Lean on them, get some support and get yourself out there because the world is definitely waiting for that. So you've been able to build this personal brand and I know that you've been able to extend it on a professional platform. Why don't you share for us some of the creative educational things that you're doing, which allows you to not only generously share your passion, but even to mentor other dental professionals? Yeah. So a lot of my experience throughout the years, I've been teaching a ton. Um, me and my partners, we, we've held like community lectures and we even volunteer our time at the local uh, uh, dental residency in town. And we see that there's still so much to learn, whether you're a fresh resident who like just graduated or if you're in private practice for so long. The conversations that come after these lectures that we've been giving kind of gave birth to this idea that um, I needed to take these lectures and I needed to package them and really show people, um, you know, just what else needs to be learned and make it in a really easy way to digest. And nowadays, I mean, I think we're learning in this very moment how important online education is. Um, and so I created a program called eSchool, Everyday Endo Made Easy. And it's really to help general dentists kind of take their endodontic education to the next level. Um, and you can do it from the comfort of your own home. It's your own at your own pace. You can do it when the kids are sleeping. You can do it on your lunch break. You can do it by the side of the pool. It's got that flexibility layered into it. Plus it's a lifetime access course. So once you're in, you're in for life. And it just really helps you understand a lot of those principles that we were taught in dental school or maybe at a CE course that we so quickly forget about in two to three weeks that now you could just keep going back and refreshing those skills. And it's just making better dentists out of it. I know you're a busy mom, an endodontist, an entrepreneur, and I'm sure there are many other titles that we could talk about. But what advice would you give others, especially women professionals in this profession of, of whether it's being in dentistry or endodontics or uh, being physicians, what advice would you give others about living a life on purpose and then trying to handle the work-life balance aspect? Well, I think first you need to just accept that there really isn't um, such a thing as work-life balance. When you're focusing on one thing, one bucket in your life, another bucket is probably going to fall to pieces. So 
For me, I kind of give myself grace and allow that. I allow myself to focus on a bucket, get that in shape, and then move to another bucket, get that in shape, and vice versa. And luckily, I've put in a lot of support into my life, whether it's my husband and making sure he knows how to change diapers or, you know, leaning on my... I already like him. I already <laughs> like him, Dr. Chopra. <laughs> He's awesome. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and, you know, I lean on my in-laws and my family that I have in town. Um, I, I hire help. I've really kind of made another relationship with time. I know that time is something that people feel like they don't have enough of, but there's a way to add time back into your life. Um, and I'm so intentional about my time now. And there's things that I didn't enjoy doing. And I decided, okay, if I don't really like to do it, why am I trying to do it myself? Why don't I let somebody else who's way better at that job just do it? And that I can say that about my family life, about my practice, about all the other side hustle things that I'm doing, I don't try to do everything myself. And once I learned that lesson of being able to let go and let others do it, I realized that, hey, I'm, I'm good at doing root canals and I should just probably do that. Everything else and being a mom, right? And then everything else, mm -hmm. other people can handle for me. So the first thing I let go was maybe cleaning my house. I, I don't enjoy it. And I'm sure most people don't. And that's one of the first things that I let go. And all of a sudden I had eight hours in my week that I could now work on something else. And so something as simple as that, you know, there was one year that I decided to, um, just get somebody to make my food as well, because I wasn't a very good cook either. I'm better now because I'm doing it, <laughs> but, um, and for that time, that's what I needed. So again, you can be creative and maybe it's, hey, telling Instacart to go get your groceries, but be creative with your time. And one thing, once you get that time is give some of that time to yourself because you need that time to really understand who you are, where you need to work on for yourself, and also give yourself time to dream. Because if you don't dream and if you don't visualize this world that you really want to live in, then you'll never get there. So you need that time to dream. And so I always encourage people to stop doing the things that you just don't like doing and find somebody else to do it. Yeah. I love that encouragement and, and your answer. My last and final question, what's a question that I did not ask you, but you wish or thought I should have? Oh, that's a good one. You stumped me on that one. Yeah, maybe, it's a tough one. Maybe I wish you didn't ask me this question. See, that <laughs> is the best answer. You just did it. I got to tell you, I've been interviewing people for years, and this is the only time that I got a reverse stump back. So this is awesome. I love this. <laughs> uh, Dr. Chopra, we appreciate it. We appreciate First of all, how you're caring for your patients, uh, how you're taking your passion, your expertise. You're not only a mentor in your profession, but you're encouraging a lot of professionals who are out there. So we thank you so much for being our guest on the Brand Rounds podcast. Thank you so much. It really was a pleasure to be here.